Kim Grace Podcast. Let's go. It's your girl, Cindy Grace, and welcome to the Walk-In Mess. No, scratch that Grace podcast, y'all, where God turns messes into a whole message and test into testimonies. Um, today, I am, listen, y'all, today I am with the lovely Katusia Bella. She is the author and CEO of VOP, Voices of Purity and Pure Godly Love. She is all about making purity popular and turning pain into purpose with all her various social platforms. She's got merch. She's got two books, Their Future Husband, 21 Day Devotional. She's got the Bad and Bougie Broken to Freedom book. I mean, she does coaching. What doesn't she do? That's what I want to know. Like, it's like she does everything. Okay. And I mean, she's, she's what I want to be when I grow up. Okay. And today, (laughs) today she will be taking us through her journey to finding purity in God and turning all her pain into purpose. Right. And this is what I tell people that no matter how deep your pit is, God can still pull you out of it and turn your dirt into diamonds. Okay. And her journey through abortions and and toxic relationships to the woman that she is today is a proof of that. And so I just hope that after our discussion today, and for those who are going through what she's been through or who have been through where she's been, I just hope that after our discussion today, you can see the signs, you can see the light, you can see the lessons, and you can see the hope in her message, okay? But before we go into the meat of this um, episode, I'd like for... My sister, tell us a little bit about yourself, okay? Because we see you on social media. I don't even know if you're a single child or you got siblings. I don't know what you like. Like, where are you from, honey? Where, where, where are you from? Uh, do you have siblings? What did you study in school? Did you study ministry? And uh, what did you? What have you always wanted to be when, when you grow up as a kid, right? And did you grow up in a Christian home? My name is Katusia B. I am the vessel for Voices of Purity. Purity is dope apparel. Um, on social media, you can find me at Voices of Purity, TikTok, Katusia B, and any other social media platform. So no, um, I wasn't necessarily raised in a Christian home. I My grandmother was Catholic, so I knew about Christ, um, but I didn't personally have a relationship with Christ the way that I do now. Um, I do have siblings. I have a brother. I have a little sister. I'm the eldest of them all. Um, I've always wanted to be an attorney. Um, so I truly believe that I'm going to still become an attorney as well. Um, I'm just trusting God with the process. Um, I did graduate school with a criminal justice degree, minor in English and a nursing degree. So yes, it's for, if it's for degrees, I got degrees, but, um, I do not, (laughs) I do not have a, uh, a degree in ministry. And I don't think that it's necessary to be honest, unless God leads to get a degree in ministry or in theology but for now I'm able to just do them do though his work um, when people ask me who called me and qualified me I tell them God the Holy Spirit um, because all the things that I have gone through has qualified me to open up my mouth and to speak 
I'd like for you to take us back to the before who you are now. Like what got you there? Where were you mentally and spiritually that made you allow yourself go through that in that moment? Because sometimes when we experience those situations, it's not just about um, what we went through. It's about the state of our mind and the influences around us. And just hearing that you didn't grow up in a, in a Christian background, I don't know if that factored into what got you to where you were or whether it was bad influence yeah. or whether it was just you not knowing better as a, as, as a teenage as a teenage girl, right? Okay, so for me, I wasn't raised in a broken home, though my father wasn't in that home. It still wasn't broken. When I say this because I've watched my mom you know, go to school. I've watched my mom, you know, give herself an education, work two jobs just to provide. And um, so I wasn't raised where I saw my mom getting beat and things that of that sort. So I know a lot of people were like, well, maybe, you know, you saw that growing up. So that's why you, you modeled that. For me, that wasn't the case. Um, I was very spoiled as a child. I've always gotten what I wanted. So it was any of that. I truly believe that I had to go through these things because I was naive. I should, I would say that I was naive. I thought like, oh my gosh, everything that glitter is gold and everything is all is perfect. Then I got into a relationship. I truly believe in the beginning of this relationship, the signs were there, the warnings were there, but I chose to ignore them because I was younger. Um, and also I create, uh, at the time I created a soul tie and we all know like when your soul is connected to somebody, it is very extremely hard to leave a situation, whether it's toxic or not. So I was in that relationship for four years. Um, I was really young. Um, and so being in that relationship in the beginning, I truly believe that I seen, I seen a lot, but I was still young. He was older than me at the time. And I just took so much, you know, he, the first time he hit me, I remember just crying saying, Hey, like, you know, like get off of me. Like, you know, like he's like 200 and something pound at the time. Um, just literally punching me. Um, and it started because, um, he wanted to see my phone and I was just, cause somebody was calling me, but I didn't, didn't want to answer the phone because I'm like, Hey, we're, we're here, we're together. Um, I don't need to answer the phone and have a conversation right now. I'll call the person back later. And I think it was a friend, but for him, he thought it was a dude. So he began to like hit me and things like that. Even though I told him to stop, um, he didn't stop. And I just remember just like, being frantic I think I ran into the street like screaming and crying and and things like that and then I got it I think I got in my car and I left and then I didn't speak to him for a while or at least a couple of months and then he came back apologized and said I was sorry I, I would never do this again and things like that and uh, he did again he did it again I think in that relationship he did it about three times and I got tired of being sick and tired, even in that that same relationship. Normally, women are the they're the people that trap a man, but even in that relationship, every time that we would be sexually active, I would always tell him like, "Hey, we need to use a condom." He would put on a condom, and by the time you know it, um, he the condom will be off because he's like, "Hey, I want you to have my baby." But I knew that I wasn't there. I knew that I didn't want to be. I, like, I didn't know how to get out yet, but I still knew, like, this wasn't forever, if that made sense. Like, I was like, hey, like, I don't desire this forever. And also, I was trying to get my education going. Like, there's things that I was trying to accomplish. I did not want a child. So, I literally got pregnant four times, and I had four abortions. Um, hmm. Because every time, it's like, 
he would he would either take like we would be intimate he would take the condom off i wouldn't know because you're you're in you're in it like you're you know you're doing it so um Hmm. And I just remember my last abortion going by myself. He didn't know. Nobody knew. I went and I got the abortion. And um, the the nurse asked me, hey, did you have someone to take you home? Or, you know, because when you, normally when you have an abortion, you're going to bleed and you're going to feel dizzy yeah. and things like yeah. that. But this is like my fourth one. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. But I didn't. So I literally remember getting into the car by myself, just like. You know, it's like I was having these abortions. It's like, yo, it's the way that I was. It's like I'm changing panties at this point. You know, like yeah. I'm having, like I'm at four now. And I remember being in the car and I, I remember just bleeding and my stomach was hurting. And it was like, hmm. it was like a feeling that I've never had before. And I just remember crying and, and telling God, like, you know, if you take me out of this relationship, that I will serve you. I didn't even know what that meant to serve God and to, to like, you know, I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that this wasn't hmm. it and this wasn't love and I didn't desire to be in this anymore so hmm. I kept asking God to to change me I kept asking God to give me the strength to leave so little by little he gave me the strength to not go back he will come around and different things and finally I had enough hmm. strength and courage to get out of that toxic relationship hmm. um, because again that last abortion I almost hmm. died so I was like God I I need to I need to get out. So I remember the same room is different now because I've changed mm. it and changed this room into my office and things like that. But I remember just crying on this floor and asking God to mm. to just like remove whatever it was, crying, watching sermon, being on the floor, asking for strength and saying, God, I can't do this anymore. Um and every day he made me stronger mm. and he began to tell me like, Hey, you're gonna do events, you're gonna travel, you're gonna speak like yeah okay whatever like all the things mm. that i'm walking into now you know years later four years later as you say like i'm walking into these things i'm in panels i'm you know i mean people mm. inviting me to podcasts people flying me out to preach the gospel all these things and i know this is the beginning for me but these are all the things that he was telling me in secret but i didn't understand it i didn't get it so of course i rebelled i was like hey no I, i'm not called mm. for this you know, I don't want to do this, like use a virgin because I'm not a virgin. What do I look like? Talk about purity and talk about these things when I want to have sex. I don't care for all the stuff that you're telling me. And that was being honest. I tell it all, all the time on social media. If it wasn't for God, I would have been in somebody's bed right now, not even having a podcast with you because I didn't care to to walk in purity. I didn't care to do half of the things. I never asked God for a mic, nor did I ask for a platform. That is not like I wanted to be an attorney. That's what I've always wanted to be. It wasn't about like I needed to be on social media. I was never even a social media person until, you know, I began to, you know, to um, to be in God. And I was always shy. Like people see me preaching now that knew me back then. They say, hey, like this has to be God because I've never even wanted to speak to people or like have conversation the way that I am now. So yeah, that's literally the journey to finding God is that toxic relationship. Um, yeah. And and was it just the that one relationship or did you have like another one after that relationship that you experienced? Since that relationship, I've been single like till now. So um, I've courted. I've, I mean, when I say I've, I've dated, I've, you know, um, you know, try to see, but then it didn't go because I also know what's on my life and the anointing that's on my life. So I know that I can't just be connected to just anyone. So I have dated, but I have not had an actual relationship 
where I'm like, okay, this is my person and we're together and we're, I haven't had that since then. You know what I mean? And it's not because of anything particular, like, oh, I'm not healed. I'm healed. I'm whole. But I also know that I didn't want to rush that process of me being in a relationship. I wanted to make sure that I was whole. I wanted to make sure that I was healed. And then the last time I actually got into a courtship, I realized there's some things that I wasn't healed from because I started to bleed on that person. So we have to be really mindful just have a ministry or just because you're preaching the word of God that there's still areas that you still could need healing in um, because when you're by yourself it's easy for you to say hey I'm healed I'm whole until you're presented with somebody else and you're like okay well that's a trigger you know so I'm learning to to own up to my triggers I'm learning to say next time I am in a courtship where I am dating someone to say hey these are the triggers that I have at this, that, and the third and communicate that so that I can have like a prosperous and healthy marriage. Thank you so much. Uh, when you were in that relationship, what signs did you see initially that like you kind of put in the back burner and just continued? He was controlling. You know, he was extremely controlling. He was a narcissist. Of course, at the time, I didn't know what a narcissist is, what a narcissist was, but he was a narcissist. He was controlling. He's always like, hey, you need to do it this way. Like, um, if we, if we would go out and somebody look at me, it's my fault that that person is looking at me. How is it my fault that somebody is looking at me? So all these styles. And also, he, um, he liked to drink. So I always tell people that, that an alcoholic isn't somebody that necessarily drink mm. every day. Alcoholic can be somebody that drink occasionally, but when what? they drink, they drink. That is an alcoholic, mm. right? So he was, I would say that he was an alcoholic because when he had a drink, he had a drink. So mm. he wasn't in his right mind because every time we've been in certain situation, he had substance in his, you know, um, system and things like that. Um, and I truly believe that it was generational curses, mm. you know. And also, he told me he had um, before, mm. he told me he had. Um, altercation with his past and I think sometimes hmm. two people will tell hmm. us who they are they will tell us on past experiences and sometimes we don't hmm. listen because we're already all in or because we want love and we desire love so much that we, we say okay well I'm going to bypass that but listen that is not something for you to bypass you hmm. need to pay, pay attention to the sign and even when I talk to ladies now or I encourage young women or older women that hmm. also have encouraged. It's like, they'll tell you who they are. Hmm. You need to pay attention. That's why when you get into a courtship, you get into dating somebody, you remove every hmm. feeling out of the way. And now you really see, hmm. like you open your eyes. You don't, that's why, you know, removing sex is something amazing because it doesn't cloud your judgment. Hmm. You literally open your natural eyes, your supernatural eyes to see and then it will show you who they are. Mm -hmm. It will show you the signs. So the signs were always there. Like, you know, how he'll sometimes just cut me off in conversations or just want me to be here. Like, I remember I used to be in school. He would want me to be at his place of work. Instead of being at the library, he didn't trust me to be at the library. He wanted me to be under him studying. And if I was like, hey, no, I just need to be at the library. He'd be like, oh, no, you know, like what, you know, you have space here. Um, you can do it here. You don't have to be at the library. Like he would like these things like manipulate hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to be dependent on him as if like I was crippled. So he would, this, these are the what? things that he would do. So, yeah. so it wasn't really love that kept you there. It wasn't. It was more of 
you were manipulated into being in that relationship, thinking that all those things were signs of true love. Did you think that that was a sign of true? Because, you know, as a teenager, you, when you see someone being that way, you think, okay, they love you too much. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Like, I felt like, oh, man, he loves me. You know, when you don't know, when you don't have wisdom and you don't have knowledge and you don't have clarity, you know what I'm saying? You think that's love. But if I go back, because I have a series on my podcast right now that I started um, this week, it says, what is love? So I, I take them back to say, what is love? You know, according hmm. to the word of God, what is love? Love is patient. Love is envy. Love is not envy. It does not boast. You know, it's not self-seeking. Those things are love. So if hmm. you're getting opposite of these things, then you know that that's not love. You know, real love is unconditional. It's not conditional. Like, you know, you do this and that's why I'm going to yes. love you. So I for sure did not know the meaning of love or what true love was, you know, but that was definitely manipulation. That was definitely a narcissist. That was definitely a controlling man. You know what I mean? And I do not, you know, because even as believers, we still could be with a narcissist. We still could be with someone that's controlling and the signs are always there. You have to love yourself enough to say, hey, I will not put up with these things because once you know who you are and whose you are, you begin to operate differently and you know what you deserve. I deserve true agape love opposed to toxic love. But mm. sometimes when you've been so accustomed mm. to toxicity, if toxicity is not what you're receiving, mm. then you don't want it. You don't even know how to receive healthy love. How did you do it? Like, where did you, where did God flip the script for you? Where, you know, where, did you f meet someone in church? Did you meet a pastor? Was it a church that changed your mind? I mean, how, walk, walk someone through that. Like, what measures did you take to eventually leave that place, find God, find purpose, and start your purpose? Yeah, well, I have to be honest, because even though in the transition of leaving that actual relationship there's times mm. in that i went back that's why now when i converse with individual i said hey you might go back i'm not here to judge you i'm not here to condemn you mm. i'm here to convict right because that's what jesus does he does not condemn he convicts i said hey if you go back i'm going to be right mm. here still waiting for you because i understand that mm. i too went back right i went back like a few times but then it switched for me when I got tired of being sick and tired. I got tired of the same toxicity. I got tired and I hmm. said, this could not be it. So I truly believe when a person get tired of hmm. being sick and tired and they're tired, it's, it automatically, it changes. It wasn't now when I went to church, now it meant something for me. Now I begin to, yeah. sometimes we just go to church. We go, we hear the word and we go back to the very sin. We go back to the very thing that we're not supposed to do. So for me, it was just like, okay, I'm tired. This, this right here is, hmm. is I'm, I'm done. And then when it switched, which it just automatically did, I saw myself serving in a church. I saw myself going to church and really listening hmm. and taking it serious. And then I was like, okay, when he would come around, like he would show up at my church and I'd be like, hey, like I'm good. I cannot talk to you. He'd be invite me out to dinner. He like, just like, I'm talking about, hmm. he went hard and I even harder and God kept giving me strength because I made a decision hmm. and I made a commitment. We have to make a decision and we have to make a commitment and then we have to stick to it because it's hard and you have to, and sometimes you're going to have to worship your way out of it. If you're listening to me, you're going to have to hmm. cry your way out of it. Listen, that, that sex demon and soul ties, they're real. They will come, they'll give you vivid imagination of things that you've done with your past. And that's why sometimes hmm. you're kept, you're there. 
You're, some of us were not necessarily there because we're in love. We're there because our soul is connected hmm. to that person. And that soul tie is so strong. It's not love. It's the soul tie because sexually we don't give ourselves to that person. Hmm. And if you look biblically in the Bible, that is the way that should determine that somebody became one. Somebody like you're married is if you became intimate hmm. with a person. So intimacy is becoming it's one flesh. Thing. It's a big thing. So think about you you becoming one with so many people and now your soul is connected mm. to all of these people and you're wondering why you're upset. You're wondering why you're mad. You're, under, you're wondering why all these things that you never used to be, now you're becoming is because of who your soul is mm. still, still connected to. So, yeah. so God pretty much did the inner work in you. Like he, it was you and God, literally. And, it was and time, yeah. I mean, it's because yeah. it's, a lot of people go for external help? Like, did you ever reach out externally? Like, did you reach out to people? Did you have people who kept you accountable? Or was it just a solo thing internally with you or God? Well, I know for me it was. I know everybody's situation is different. And sometimes you do have to mm. get get the help. I did not li li leave mm. with him. So I didn't have children and things with him. So I know some situations are very, very different. This I understand. But I... Okay. I stayed with my mom, so it was just like very easy for me to be like, hey, like, you can't note, like, my mom blocking access for him to get to the gate, even though yeah. he could get to the gate, he could follow another car in, but it's really taking those measures. For me, it was just God and I. Like, I didn't really seek to for help. I had people that I spoken to at the time. My spiritual mom, she knew, and she would check up on me, but it wasn't something that, like, I was always looking for somebody to help me with more so it was like hey god like hmm. this is you and i so i did the work i watched the sermons i worship i cry. like yeah. i did the work with god like so i wasn't reaching out to somebody to help me but i literally hmm. sat with god and did the work so and then that's when my healing became honestly this is powerful for someone who's like okay now i've done the work but I know God gave me all these things. Where do I even begin? Did you did you start slowly? Did you like did you start with a group of people? Um, how did you find this purpose? Like, tell us tell us how it all began. Um, I always say I did it one post at a time, one video at a time. So I've heard I heard the Holy Spirit and I just started. I didn't need um, and I'm gonna use this example. Uh, there was a friend of mine. That's why I don't ask people for their permission anymore. Um, a friend of mine at the time, I, God had told me about an event. So I didn't know anything about doing events or hosting events, but I just knew that he told me to do it and I needed to do it. So, you know, I'm getting everything together, creating flyers, reaching out to different people that I thought that I would want on the, on the, in this specific event. And then she told me like, Hey, you know, well, you should, I was like, Hey, I feel like God told me I'm going to have about a hundred people there. I just don't know. And she's like, well, this is your first event. Well, you shouldn't expect any of that. Da -da. So pretty much kind of shatter what I truly believe that God told me. And it's crazy because my first event, I had over 300 people where to the point that the room um, that I was hosting the event, there was standing room. Nobody left. You know how sometimes people are standing, people will leave. Hmm. There's no chair. Nobody left. And that's when I, I knew like, hey, hmm. when God has told you to do something. You just need to do it. So if he says, hey, I need you to start a podcast or if he said, hey, I need you to start a YouTube, you just start. Right. And I truly believe in starting with what you have in your hands. Now I can say, hey, I got a mic or I have like lights or different things that I'm building up um, to be able to hmm. give, you know, to do more 
concerning videos and things. But in the beginning, I didn't have any of that. So I believe in starting with what you have hmm. in your hands because sometimes I think that we hmm. want it to be so perfect. And in wanting something to be so perfect, we do not start. God is really looking for perfection. He's looking for you to obey him. So hmm. for me, how did I start? I just heard him say, do event. I prayed, I get a date, and I started. I didn't wait on people. I did not ask nobody for their permission to start. I started just like today. Whatever it is, like, hey, if I if God tell me to write a book, hey, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. If he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm not, I don't call my friend hmm. and say, hey, friend, what do you think? You know, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I have conversation, I have hmm. close friends, but I would never call them yeah. to say, hey, what do you think about this? Because God told me, because if God told it to me, then why am I calling somebody to say, hey, what do you think I should hmm. do? So stick to it. Once you hear the voice of God and he tells you to do something, you know, you do it. A lot of people say, hey, I don't mm -hmm. have money. Um, that's also false because I've read so many books. I've spoken to so many multimillionaires hmm. and billionaires. Money is never an issue for them. Because what we need, the Bible says that we will have favor with God and with men. What we do need is favor with men. So for you to say, hey, I don't have any, enough money. No, you have, most of you guys that are listening to me at least have a phone. So I say start with whatever that vision is. If it's a book, hey, do your own research. There's YouTube University, Google University. All these things are free for you to get information on how to write a book and how to self-publish a book and how to go about doing all of these things. The information is there. We just have to, have, we have to go and get it. So I literally just got started. It wasn't, I didn't seek I didn't ask for I just did it. Um, thank you so much. I just want, before we end here, I, I just want you to give a word, like a solid word to someone who is currently in, in where, where you've been, right? Or someone who's, who's about crawling out of that space. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to act like I'm speaking to my younger self. You know, know that you are beautiful, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, understand that he knew you since you was in your mother's womb. So that means that he knows every intricate detail about you. He knew that you would be in the situation that you are right now. And he still chose to love you. So I would say to get up. I would say, hey, like, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Understand that. Romans 8.28 says, all things God work together for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his plan and his purpose. Your pain was ordained by God. Listen, if it wasn't because of your pain, listen, you would not be who you are and who you're still becoming. So I need you to get up. I need you to rise up and I need you to to literally push, listen, press, do what it is that you have to do. Because at the end of the day, there is somebody on the other mm -hmm. side waiting for you. There's a book on the inside of you. There's a multi-million dollar idea on the inside of you. There's YouTube and podcasts on mm -hmm. the inside of you because of the very thing that you have gone through. The Bible says that many are calling, few are chosen. So you are chosen by God. And when you have been chosen mm -hmm. by God, your testimony is different from a lot of people. And your through will be different mm -hmm. from a lot of people. So no, he does not hate you. No, he does not, you know, dislike mm. you. No, you're not late. No, you're mm. not behind. You are right on time. Mm. So understand that, listen, you are not competing with anybody. Stay in the lane yeah. that God has given you and open your mouth. If I could leave you with anything is to open your mouth because there's somebody that will be free mm. because you decided that you were going to share your testimony because tomorrow isn't promised. So if you have it to open now, open your mouth and share one video at a time, one post at a time, one, I don't know what it is, one music video at a time, whatever you're called to do, do it one at a time and watch God blow your mind. So I pray that hmm. God will keep you. Um, I love you all. I'm praying for you. Listen, hmm. 
we are in this together. Thank you so much, sis. Now, if you guys want more coaching opportunities, just please head on to her social media platform. My TikTok is at, at @kutusiab. You can find me on TikTok, giving encouraging word. On Instagram, it is Voices of Purity. So TikTok, Katusia B, Voices of Purity. Absolutely. Please reach out to her. Like, she is a platform. She has, she has a, a depth of information for people who have been in her shoes. She will empower you beyond your imagination. So please reach out for her coaching opportunities. And Instagram, follow her. Get her book. Get her book, right? Get her book because it'll do a lot for you, okay? Um, thank you so much, sis, and thank you for those who just took the time with us today. Um, keep on keep on hanging on there. Keep on trusting God. And remember that it doesn't matter how deep you are. He can pull you from the pit and turn your dirt to diamonds. So till next time, stay breezy, stay faithful, stay rooted, and um, yeah. See you on the next episode. Thank you, girl. Mwah. Please head over to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. We appreciate you sharing and being a part of this community. Until next time, keep living your best life. And remember, your gifts will make room for you when you make room for God. Do better because you know better.